Um, I wonder whether you, whether you remember this. Jesus is king. Say it again. Jesus is Jesus is I still can't hear you. Jesus is Should we pray? Might be a good idea. It's a new series, so I might get carried away. I'm definitely praying. <laughs> um, Lord Jesus, come and take these words and this PA and uh, help us. Help us this morning, Lord. Save us from just words. Lord, we want to live for you and with you, drenched in your spirit. Holy Spirit, you come and do what you want to do in us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, can I just check, uh, how many have you, of you have seen the baptism remix video? Come on, just get, can you get, if you were baptized on Easter Sunday, just stick a hand in the air. Bless you guys. Come on, give them a round of applause. It's great to have you here. If you haven't seen the baptism remix video, um, it's everywhere. Go and find it and please share it. Uh, and the testimonies from these guys over uh, last uh, Easter Sunday was amazing. Um, today we are doing a new series um, and the series is called... Kingdom Flip, and it is about uh, seeing, thinking, living, and loving uh, differently. Flipping things around in the same way that you can flip over a coin and it's got a different... Do you remember what those are, coins? Yeah, you flip one over and hopefully it's got a different image on the other side. That you can, you can flip perspective and see things differently. And to do a kingdom flip is to see things from the perspective of the kingdom of heaven. We're going to be in this for quite a long time, until the end of August, in fact, I think. Um, so, because there's quite a lot to talk about. In case you hadn't picked it up in the New Testament, Jesus talks about the kingdom all the time. The kingdom is near, it's here, it's coming. Uh, he talks about what it's like. He encourages us to preach it, pray it, and seek it. It's all about the kingdom, the kingdom where Jesus is king. You know, but stuff happens, doesn't it? And as, I'm, as I look at you guys this morning, and as I, as I look at my own life, I know there's stuff. Stuff is the shorthand for all the things that are really difficult to talk about on a mic, uh, and I don't want to leak emotionally. But I have it. And you have it. And, you know, sometimes we come in with quite a lot of stuff. And this series is not about living in victory so that the stuff goes away. Because, quite frankly, some of the stuff is beyond our control to go away. It's about flipping the perspective so that we can see the stuff from the kingdom of God's perspective, from the king's perspective. 
so that we can see, think, live, and love from the perspective of the kingdom of heaven. Each one is going to either have a parable or a bit of the teaching of Jesus or an example of I mean, it's all going to be Jesus, basically. I hope that helps. Um, seems like a good place for us to be. If it's about anything else, then we need to get off. Um, in Mark chapter 4, Jesus shares this parable. It's the parable of the mustard seed. It goes like this. Mark, thir- Mark 4, verse 30. And he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? He's describing what it's like, and he does this again and again. Or what parable should we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all the seeds on earth, yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all the garden plants with such big branches that the birds can But when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything. Now, what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to explain much of that parable this morning. Um, I want to dig into some kind of background stuff just to try and make this make sense. But that's the big picture of where we're going over the next couple of months. And this morning, what I want to do is talk about culture. And I want to talk under the title of Mustard Seed versus Metaverse. I hope that helps. Mustard seed versus metaverse. You might have, uh, for those of you who've been around for a while, uh, might recognize the title uh, from an old book, Mustard Seed versus Macworld. It's a good book, wasn't it? I can't even remember what it was about. I just remember that it was very good. (sighs) (sighs) I'll tell you what that thought was later, Jess. (laughs) There's this other verse in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4, and it goes like this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all... Uh, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. uh, Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Frames of your house and on your gates. Tie them on your hands, like so it kind of dangles down there somewhere. On your forehead. What, what this verse is encouraging you to do is to, is to get Scripture and not just get it in you, but get the Scripture and stick it to your head so that everywhere you walk, Everything that you do, everything that you think is covered in God's Word. It's troubling, isn't it? He's gone, he's gone mad with... Well, I, I've actually gone, must have gone mad. I can't even remember what that stuff's called. Masking tape. This is going to hurt. 
The Old Testament is really kind of, it's, it's this physical embodiment as to how we're supposed to live. Um, has anyone here ever been to the cinema? Wow. Apparently, there are alternative cinemas available that do discounted rates uh, in Bristol. Um, when you go to the cinema, has anyone ever cried in the cinema? Anyone ever laughed? Anyone, anyone ever kind of go, <gasps> jump out of their seat? <laughs> this has got a technical term. You ready? I did, a, I did a drama thing a long time ago, so I know about this. It is called the willing suspension of disbelief. Okay? You go to the cinema... And you know that what you're seeing is not true. Yeah? Tom Cruise is not just about to uh, ride the bike off the chasm and then, you know, actually he did do it, but what you're watching is just a recording of it. So there's this thing called the willing suspension of disbelief. You go to the cinema and you believe what you are seeing. And you really cry. You're really afraid. You really laugh. Are you aware that your emotions are responders to what you feed them? Okay? So sometimes when you're feeling mad and cross and angry, it might be just be worth checking what you're feeding your emotions. They respond to whatever we feed them. Uh, when I was growing up, I remember when we had our very first telly. We were kind of late adopters, so we got uh, the Sony version, which had the two little magnet uh, touch buttons on the top that you had to touch in order to change channel. Do you remember those? And then when, we, when our kids were little, uh, we didn't want them to watch too much telly. So again, we were slight late adopters. We had a 14-inch, uh, like, silver square thing that sat on the top of a, uh, top of a dresser. And, and we had four kids. And at the point that we thought maybe we needed a bigger telly was the point that they were all, and they were quite big by this stage, kind of crammed on one end of the arm of a sofa in order that they could all see it. So we ordered a 32-inch telly. Later, we upgraded. We have a 42-inch telly. Uh, I've seen some of your houses. You have bigger tellies than us. When I used to have to make a phone call, I used to have to ask mum if I could use the phone. There was a line. It was a revolution into your house, and people could call your house. I very rarely use a landline now. We don't actually have one at home. I have one of these. You don't call my house, you call me. It was a revolution when Orange suddenly first put this out in the late 90s that one day we would call people, not places. 
Wow. But now you can video call. And actually, even, even the old, I'm going to insult people now, even the old people now know how to do video calls thanks to the pandemic. I know this is true. I FaceTimed my dad the other day. He is 81. And we had a video call. I mean, his head was half off the shot. But, if I have notifications turned on, and I don't have them turned on all the time, then my wrist vibrates. Because it's, I've got a smartwatch. To make up for the telly, I've got a uh, so I've got a big screen and a really small screen. But the thing is, not only if I get a notification does my wrist vibrate, but I have this vein in my left thigh. Some of you might have also got this as a disturbance if you're of a particular age, where uh, it's not sciatica, I don't think. But, but even if my phone is not in my pocket, I can feel my pocket vibrate. Because I've become so, in fact, you can see these jeans. I have the phone-shaped shadow on my jeans. Do you remember when the Walkman first came out? And we had, yes, we, we want to go back there. You can get them on eBay, apparently, you know, with the orange headphone things. Amazing. And then, you know, it was the iPod, and then the AirPods, and then the other day I, I had to edit the, um, the baptism remix, and I, I, I didn't want to wear the AirPods because they have a delay when you do the edit and it doesn't work. So I borrowed my son's headphones. He's got noise-canceling headphones. So when Meg came and stood behind me, she'd been there for about three or four minutes, apparently. I didn't even know she was in the room because I just couldn't hear her. In my own world of my own making. When you go on the internet, this is a long rambling thing that is getting somewhere, by the way. When you go on the internet, and search for something. Let's say, for example, that you want to buy a shed. And you search for a shed. What happens in the background is that all the companies that sell sheds, let's take Chris as an example. They all look at Chris's profile the moment you start to type in new shed and a bidding war happens in the background to go do we think that chris is the right kind of person to buy our new shed and before the search results will have refreshed everyone will have made a decision and they will feed adverts to Chris, based on the fact that he's married to Jill, based on where you live, all of your previous search history, and you'll probably find white metal fans who love sheds. 
That is what happens. And then everywhere that Chris goes on the internet for the next seven years, there will be metal fans in sheds. Uh, that's how that works. Where have we got to so far? Social. It's coming. You're ahead of me, Jamie. When I'm on Facebook, it suggests people that I might know. It suggests what I might like to look at whether I want to look at it or not. It doesn't know what I'm trying not to look at. It just feeds me the stuff that will make it make more money, not for my benefit, but its benefit. If you like a video on YouTube, that video will be served up to more people like you. It's one of the reasons why it would be really helpful if you liked some of the videos that we put out. Because <laughs> then it will get served up to more people who you might reach. I really like technology. This is not an anti-technology talk. But the endless scroll feeds us with all sorts of stuff and we're less and less aware of it as we get absorbed into it. How many of you have ever used a VR headset? Can we play the clip? It hasn't got any music because there was commentary in the background. This is Meg. She's not here this morning. But Apple have been talking about, you know, releasing their car for years. But when the VR headset comes, the big screens will move to here. Honestly, I was fine doing this un until we moved around and then I felt very sick and had to take it off. But folks, it's just about to get a lot worse. Let me try and explain why we can, we can come off from Meg now. What's coming? Not just VR or AR so that we're plugged in and we have our phones and they have our hearts and they have our purchasing thing and whatever might entertain us and whatever might vibrate and, and and the screen's moving to here. But there is this thing coming, and it's now available in, in uh, Microsoft's browser, and Google haven't managed to quite get theirs right. But I, I went 
and had a bit of a chat this morning with ChatGPT. And um, I've got the conversation, and we, we're going to put the conversation up on the screen. It's, it's a little bit small, um, so I'll just give you the highlights. Um, this, is, uh, this is over 1,200 words, and it was produced in about three or four minutes, just my, with a couple of prompts. So the first prompt that I gave ChatGPT this morning was um, what happened on the 31st of August 1997 that shocked the world and, was, uh, and what was the political and social impact for the United Kingdom? And it got the right answer, thankfully, which was uh, that Lady Di uh, died in a car accident in Paris, Paris and went on to describe what happened. I then asked it, I am a Christian pastor leading West Wilts Vineyard. Write a preaching series called Kingdom Flip about how we can change and see things from a different perspective, from the perspective of the kingdom of God. Suggest 10 talks, including titles, with parables of Jesus' illustrations, and include in each talk a quote from John Wimber. Uh, rather unnervingly, and I didn't use ChatGPT to work, plan out this series, by the way, Rather unnervingly, its first suggestion for a talk, and it gives a lovely introduction, uh, is the parable of the mustard seed. <laughs> How good that I'm just like everyone else on the internet. And it then gives an interesting quote from John Wimber, and it then goes on to suggest a whole load of other uh, parables and quotes from John Wimber. Number seven is interesting because it's the first drop-in of several of the word inclusion or inclusivity. Hmm. It seems to suggest that the parable of the wedding feast is, and this is a quote from John Wimber, that the kingdom of God comes, that welcomes and embraces all people from all walks of life, regardless of background status or past mistakes. Well, yeah, kind of, but the problem with that is that the parable of the wedding feast is actually a parable where everyone is welcomed in, but if you don't want to wear the clothes that Jesus Christ gives you, then you're not going to get in. And it doesn't say that. Now, what's interesting about this is I then went and Googled all of the quotes that it's put in from John Wimber which is the point where it gets slightly troubling because it's made them up. So I asked it, uh, can you provide the sources for the John Wimber quotes that you've used? This is an AI language model. It does not have direct quote to uh, external sources. The quotes attributed, hear this, the quotes attributed to John Wimber in the previous responses are generated based on my understandings of his teachings and are not verifiable citations. They are fictional quotes created for illustrative purposes in the context of this preaching series. If you want to use them, so it carries on. It's just made up stuff based on what it thinks I wanted to hear. It's made up quotes from a person. Now, now, now this, you, you may think, well, you know, as long as it's got little footnotes to say that this is, you know, this doesn't matter, then it's okay. It, it's not okay, because if I publish this on the internet, 
it then becomes verified and reverse searchable by the AI, who then says, here's the source. I then said, well, okay, fair enough. Um, can you expand talk one with five main points and include one concluding parable just to sum it up? So it did that, and it gave five, mon five uh, points of the, of the talk, um, some of which were okay, some of which were interesting. Again, point three, please note, point three was, and this is from the parable of the mustard seed, the kingdom's inclusive nature. Apparently, this parable is all about people sheltering under the mustard tree or plant or shrub, depending on how you interpret the parable, and God's grace extends to all. Isn't that marvelous? I thought the last question to ask it, and this might be good. I said, this is good. Do you believe what you've written about Jesus? Just checking. saying what used to happen when we were when some of us were growing up is that we were sent off to the library to go and look things up then we went to google to look things up and google provided us with a collated version of what it thought was relevant based on page ranking and, and all that stuff. You know, what pages link to other pages. What's coming is that we won't be able to see the workings out because it will just have decided for us. And it could be good. It could be biased. It could be angry. It could be racist. It could be all sorts of things. But it won't necessarily tell us what its sources were or how it got there. So what? Folks, once, once the system has our minds and thinks for us, then the answers that we receive in the world that we live in will no longer be one that we're choosing. I really love technology. This is not an anti-technology talk. It's a caution. It's a caution because the more we become connected, the more we disconnect from each other. And the most important conversations that can happen are between us and God. Caring for one another in the power of the Holy Spirit. Folks, at worst, at worst we will become and are already on the way to becoming employees of Google and Facebook and the BBC, or whoever else is feeding this stuff. 
And I, and I don't want to sound like an angry politician, but I think we've actually probably already got way beyond that. I think we're not just employees of that system. I think we're fast becoming slaves of it if we're not careful. Galatians 5 says this. It's been on too long. <laughs> I've hardly got any eyebrows. <laughs> Galatians 5 1 says this. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. Do not let yourselves be yoked again. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Folks, how do you know that what you're reading is true and real? Where are the notes? Have they gone? Who's got the money? Who's got the Who's got the money? Oh, you know, I tried to do a thing this morning. I didn't know about this. I I tried to photocopy a, a ten-pound note in colour. I know. The printer wouldn't let me do it. I was like, whoa. The printer would not let me photocopy the £10 note. So I tried to send from my computer a photo of the £10 note. It would not let me print the £10 note. Hence, you have no Monopoly money. Which, which one's real? Oh, okay, good answer. Yes, they're both real. This one is real in Monopoly. Which one is a real 10 English pounds? That one. I promised to obey the bearer. On, it says that somewhere. If you want to train someone to be able to recognize the real money, you don't give them the fake. You give them the real money. What we are doing is we're surrounding ourselves with stuff that is nearly the truth, part of the truth. And it then makes it really difficult to discern the kingdom of heaven. Makes it difficult to discern what God is doing amongst us. It makes us difficult to see how we should respond. Because we're surrounded by all of these other voices. If you want to know what heaven is like, if you want to know what the kingdom is like, if you want to know what the king is like, spend more time with the king. My invitation this morning is simply this, and then we're going to pray. Are we, me, you, us, are we being slaves of the system, or are we planting the seeds of the kingdom in our lives? How are you doing with that? I, I, I'm not standing here as someone that's got it all right. I just want to highlight the issue and say, folks, if we're gonna if we're gonna wrestle over these coming months with what it means to see from a kingdom perspective, we have to acknowledge the barrage of other noise, some of which will be good and amazing and some of which will just be, like all those John Wimber quotes, made up. 
And what are you doing to plant in your heart and in your life the seeds of the kingdom? Because the things that you are planting today, in a year, five years' time, will become the trees, the shrubs that are filling your garden. And you might look at the things that you're involved in and go, oh, it doesn't matter. It's only just a little moment and no one can see anyway. Well, no, that's not true. <laughs> if it's on your phone, uh, it's recorded forever. Do you know what our, wi our internet is called at home, by the way? Our, our Wi-Fi router. Have you played this game? The world is watching. <laughs> Just as this little reminder that nothing that you do on the internet is private. Absolutely nothing. What are you planting in your life? What can you plant in your life of Scripture and of the Kingdom of God? You know, I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit behind on my on my Bible in a year. I'm trying to catch up because I've got a bit of time on the on the M5 at the moment for all sorts of reasons. But it means that because I'm catching up, rather than doing one set of readings in a day, I'm often doing two or three. And I've got this richness of Scripture. And, and, and how do I listen to it? Well, I don't read it. I listen. So I have my AirPods in, playing from my phone with... Mr. Poirot, or whatever his name was, you know, doing the button him. <laughs> yeah. We can use this stuff for good and for God and to help to make space so that we plant seeds in our life. Does that make sense? So it's a really simple series, and we kind of dig into it in all sorts of different ways, just about how we can actually flip perspective and go, let's see stuff from the kingdom of God, and let's allow him to grow his kingdom in us. Will you stand with me, and we're going to pray. Let's just take a moment and... and and let's just do that thing that we that we did at the uh, in the middle of the service. That confession thing with our hands. What is it? What is it that you are spending your time on? Looking at, seeing, scrolling through. Maybe you've got this sorted and you're really healthy on it. Or maybe there's a maybe there's an unhealthy pattern there for you. Or maybe you just want to recognize this morning that that actually your, your phone is a distraction. I don't know, sometimes mine is. 
just close your hands on whatever thing it is that's come to mind as a way of owning it, taking responsibility for for how you function, how you work with those things. And then turn your hand over and open it up and either let it go or say sorry. Ask your loving Heavenly Father to forgive you if it's been things that you've been doing wrong. turn your hand back up the other way and receive afresh all that God has for you. Holy Spirit, come and breathe through this place. Come and plant in us seeds of your kingdom. Your living word helpful question to ask whenever you whenever you pray in this way is Holy Spirit what do you want to give me in return into these empty hands what do you want to give me in return We're going to worship for a little bit more. But we'll also have opportunity for prayer, and my expectation is there'll probably be some words to share as well. But if you'd like prayer, do you want to kind of head over in this direction? We'll have a few members of the team. We'd love to pray with you either for stuff that's come up this morning or for anything at all that's on your mind. But let's let's worship together. Um, just thinking about what Mark's been talking about today, I feel I need to declare this on behalf of myself, that when I held my hands out, I really recognise that I'm kind of be overly critical about things, and I recognise that I do a lot of finding fault, and I want to declare now that I want to flip that to finding faith, that I want to believe, and I want to find the goodness in things, that things will be solved, things will be resolved and that people have a positive intent and that's what I feel. Thank you so much. Folks, let's worship together. <laughs> 